You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show. The place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This episode of The Assembly Call is brought to you by Crane Credit Union. Get a $150 deposit into your new Crane Credit Union checking account when you get e-statements, have direct deposit, and use your debit card. Plus, there's no monthly service charges and no minimum balance to open your account. Stop into any of Crane Credit Union's 14 locations or visit their website at cranecu.org for more information. That's cranecu.org. Crane Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of The Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this special off-season edition of the Assembly Call. I'm very happy to be joining you here today. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Morris, and we have a special guest on this episode of the Assembly Call. We have Mark Titus here with us, college basketball writer for The Ringer and one of the hosts of Ringer University. Mark, welcome back to the Assembly Call. I am happy to be here. Um, it is it is an exciting time to be an Indiana fan, um, especially for me. Archie Miller being the head coach is is very exciting. Uh, I, I got to play for him for two years at Ohio State, and I cannot say enough good things about this guy. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here talking to you about it. And, uh, yeah, so. Well, good. Well, hold that thought about Archie, because that's actually one of the first right. questions that I want to ask you. But I do, you know, I think many of our audience members know you. I mean, you've co-hosted a few episodes of the Assembly Call, and obviously many people know you from, you know, your blog and your book and your work yeah, with yeah. Grantland and The Ringer. But some of our folks may not know your backstory, and I think it's actually pretty important to kind of put your IU analysis in the proper mm-hmm. context. So can you kind of just real kind of give us the brief kind of Cliff Notes version of your roots growing up in Indiana and then yeah. ended up at Ohio State after that? Sure. So first of all, I'll make it clear that I'm an Ohio State guy through and through. And if Ohio State plays Indiana, I want Indiana to lose by a million. Um, <laughs> I make no bones about that. A lot of people get confused, and I get asked a lot, who do you cheer for when they play? It doesn't matter what the sport, what the circumstance, I'm cheering for Ohio State. That said, um, like a lot of people who grew up in Indiana, once the, the Hoosier uh, thing latches onto you, it's hard to let go. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Brownsburg, uh, Hendricks County. I mean, I grew up in Danville, Brownsburg, just west side of Indy. Um, both my parents grew up in Indiana playing basketball all through high school. Uh, my mom played at Purdue in college. My dad played at a small school in Missouri and then transferred to Indiana. Um, and didn't play at IU, but he was like friends with a lot of the uh, basketball players and, and roomed with some of the basketball players. So he was really in, into IU basketball as well. Um, so yeah, I was just raised from from the my first memory is like throwing a basket, a little tiny plastic ball at a little tyke's basket. And I was raised like every other Hoosier, uh, which is just to, to live and breathe basketball. And, um, you know, around the time I was in fourth grade or something, I had to make the decision whether I cheer for the Boilermakers and, and support my mom's school or the Hoosiers and support my dad's school. And um, I tried to cheer for Purdue for about a year and it just wasn't working. It just wasn't me. So uh, I ended up, you know, 
a support in Indiana and I grew up all, and then right around, uh, I think I was in eighth grade when the, the O2 team went to the final four and, uh, lost to Maryland in the title game. And that was, that was pretty much it. I mean, at that point it, it's over and, and I'm just an Indiana guy. So, um, I ended up at Ohio state because the short version of the story is Mike Davis was Indiana's coach. Um, <laughs> The the long version of the story is that I I wasn't ever good enough to play at a Big Ten school and I kind of knew that so I was I was looking to go other places uh, to, to play college basketball and then Mike Conley and Greg Oden who I was really good friends with growing up um, and played AAU basketball with they committed to Ohio State uh, basically because of Mike Davis like they 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 were interested in IU but I think uh, talking to Mike Davis kind of swayed them away from IU um, and I'll just leave it at that I think I think Indiana fans can fill in the blanks on that one um, so they committed to Ohio State and they kind of said in in half joking half serious they're like hey instead of uh, going and playing at some small school why don't you just come to Ohio State and hang with us and I was like hey that, that seems like a fun idea so. That's what I did. Uh, I was a manager for about three weeks on the basketball team uh, at Ohio State, and then I quit that. And then um, they they ran out of bodies to, have, to conduct a practice. They only had like eight or nine healthy guys. They couldn't even play five on five, so they asked me to come help out at practice. And I said the right things and did the right things and uh, got a spot on the team and and stuck around for four years. So that's pretty much my story. Um, but but yeah, you know, like I, I cheer for Ohio State. I'm, I'm loyal to my school. My that I'm an alum of, but at the same time, when you, when you spend 18 years of your life cheering for Indiana, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to let that go. So I still, I still cheer for the Hoosiers as well. And importantly, you understand the context of IU basketball, kind of where IU was, you know, yeah. what's happened to the well, program. I think so much for me, it, it, as I've gotten older, I've gotten like more sentimental about everything. And a lot of it has less to do with like the school of the Indiana university school, which, uh, my brother is three years older than me, and he went to IU. So I, I spent plenty of time when I, 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 I tell people in Ohio that I went to high school at IU, because when I was in high school, I would go visit my brother when he was when he was down there. So, but it's less to do with like the school and the university, and more to do with just like the idea of what basketball is in the state of Indiana, and especially living in Ohio and coming to school in Ohio where football is king. And I just like I go to high school games around here, and I just try to tell people like it's so much bigger in Indiana, and like I'm I'm trying to wave the flag as best I can for just the entire state. And I think that's part of why I still latch on to Indiana is like, yeah, I want the school to do well. Like I, I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends and family that went to school there. Um, I enjoy my time that every, you know, when I visit people in Bloomington and stuff, but it's more like I'm a huge fan of in the state of Indiana basketball. Um, just this idea that like basketball played in that state is so much different than anywhere else, whether that's true or not, it's irrelevant. Like I believe in that, like a lot of people who live in Indiana do, and so I cheer for Indiana partly because I just want to put forth this idea that like Indiana basketball is better than any other basketball out there. Um, and, and, and that, that, you know, it's, it's kind of like, if you're an outsider, you roll your eyes at that. But if you're from Indiana, you're like, yes, that's, that's totally true. I'm, I'm right there with you. So uh, there's a lot of that at play too. I'm nodding vigorously because I, I agree. With yeah, you. right. <laughs> As someone who grew up in Indiana and then has spent time living in Florida and Texas, a couple of football states, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. So so when you yeah. were at Ohio State, Archie Miller was one of the assistants. How long was he there? Yeah, uh, He was there for two years that I was there. Yeah. And what was he so like he, as a coach? Because, I, I mean, you've made a few references to him and, and said a lot of really yeah. positive things. So I um, – 
I always be careful, like trying to, because I got burned by John Gross with this, because I played for John Gross at Ohio State too, and a lot of when he got hired at Illinois, a lot of people were asking me like, "What do you thought of him?" And I said, "He's the smartest coach I've ever played for," uh, which is still true, and I still stand by that. But it's, so I'm, I'm going to be cautious saying like, "This guy's going to win a lot of games," because it doesn't work that way, and there's so much more that goes into coaching than that. Um, so I'm not going to do that because I've already been burned, kind of tooting John Gross's horn, and then he just got fired at Illinois. So. Um, I, I can't promise that Archie's going to win or lose or whatever, but when I think of like the culture of what Indiana basketball should be and what the fans of Indiana and, and I know that a lot of people like to play up this idea that there's, there's a rift between like the old school fans who think Bob Knight should come back or like, we need to get the next Bob Knight. And then the new school fans who are like, let it go. We got to figure out what's next. Um, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think like generally most Indiana fans have like the same sort of vibe of what they want their basketball program to be. Um, and I think Archie Miller is perfect. I mean, I think that that's the biggest, that's the reason I'm most excited is that he gets what it means to coach at Indiana. And that's not to say that like Tom Crean didn't, I think Tom Crean, like, and he's proven, um, since he's been fired, like he, how loyal he is to Indiana. And, you know, he, he, I saw, he went to the Pacers game a couple nights ago and he's going, you know, he's still spending time around Bloomington. And I think Tom Crean genuinely loves Indiana, but I think there's a difference between like loving Indiana and understanding Indiana and I and I have no doubt in my mind that Archie Miller understands like the culture of what Indiana basketball should be and like this whole idea of doing things the right way and and just on down the line like all these cliches that basketball in Indiana try to prop up that again outsiders probably roll their eyes and say that's the lamest corniest thing I've ever heard but people in Indiana are like well we don't care this is what we do this is how we play basketball um Archie gets that and and I think for me as a fan I'm really excited that he's a coach because that's to me, like that's the most important thing is just establishing a culture, whether you win or lose. When you say Indiana Hoosiers, it has to like evoke some sort of emotion in people. Um, and there are a lot of schools that do that around the country. Like whether you like what Kentucky, what John Calipari is doing at Kentucky or not. When I say Kentucky basketball, you think of something, there's a, there's something that immediately comes to mind and they have a very specific brand. And I, I don't really feel like Indiana's had a brand since Bob Knight's left. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean Indiana should go try to recapture what Bob Knight's brand was, but there needs to just be like this culture. There needs to be a, a distinct idea of what it means to be an Indiana basketball player and basketball team. And I think Archie's going to bring that. So I'm really excited for that. What are some of the specific nuances that you think Archie understands and will be able to bring back that have been missing mm-hmm. recently? Well, the one, the one thing that I would say, like to give you an idea of the kind of coach he is, he, he was one of my favorite people off the court. Like he would, um, he, he generally cares about players. Uh, he, he treated everybody the same, whether you're the star player, I was obviously the walk on so I can vouch for this, that I would watch how he'd interact with the stars on the team and then how he talked to me and it was the exact same way. And, um, off the court, he was like your best friend. How's life? How, you don't even talk about basketball. You just talk about how's your family, how's how are classes, how's your girlfriend, whatever. And then when you step on the court, he would kick your ass so hard. And, and I, I, I will never forget like the first summer that he showed up at Ohio State. And I was doing my thing at this point where I was just kind of like the, the goofball on the team and, you know, the, the comedic relief. And like I would I would take drills seriously, but it was like, yeah, whatever. If I miss some shots, who really cares? I'm never going to play anyway, whatever. And our, the very first summer workout that I had with him, he made me play one-on-one full court, um, which to like, to like 10 or 15 points, which was like the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life. And he was yelling at me the entire time. And I'm just like looking over at him. Like I'm, I'm looking over at the other coaches. Like, 
are you, is someone going to step in and tell this dude that I don't actually play and I don't need to do this? And, uh, I, I brought it up to him after I graduated and like, I, I saw him, uh, I actually saw him when he was out in Arizona. I was, I was visiting a buddy out there and I went and popped into his office and we were talking about, you know, our time at Ohio state and stuff. And he's like, listen, man, this is, that's how I coach. Like, I don't care who you are. If you're, if you're wearing the Jersey and you're on my court, I'm, I'm bust. You got to bust your ass for me. And, um, and that's another thing I think IU fans will really appreciate is that he, he just kind of like whatever it means for a coach to quote unquote, get it. Um, I think he gets it. Like he understands what, there, there's like a fine line between, you know, like pushing guys and just being a jerk about it and, and just kind of going on a power trip and pushing guys to get the most out of them. And I can honestly say that I, I got the most, like the, the one year that I was the best player I've ever been in my life. And no one noticed the difference. Cause I never, I played the same amount every game, but the one year that I was the best player in practice was the year, I, uh, the second year I was playing for Archie, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So he's he's a great dude off the court, but he'll also he'll kill you on the court, and that's that's kind of a perfect coach to me. So you know, it's interesting. I mean, he has such an extensive background in coaching with his dad and with Sean, obviously. Yeah, but I've heard him a couple of times mentioned that one of the most important lessons that he ever learned as a coach he learned from Thad Mata and it was about the importance of building relationships with players you know not just being all about the yeah. X's and O's but really building the relationships how did that how did that manifest itself in Thad's program and did you see growth in Archie from when he started you know to to when you left in that regard yeah I think I, I mean I, I certainly know that Thad uh, feels that way that the, the very first thing you have to have as a coach is just your player's respect you have to when you're yelling at a player he ha- the player has to know that you're yelling at him because you want him to be the best that he can be and not because you're again just like on some power trip and you want to prove that I'm more important than you are and I get to yell at you and this is how this works is you come into my gym and I yell at you for two hours and then you go home um and and that's definitely true of 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 what coach Mata would the, the culture he built at Ohio state when I was there was just, um, it was, it was very much a player's atmosphere where he would get on you, but you always knew that he was doing it from the right place. Like I noticed this, you, you, you know, that you want to be better. I noticed that this will make you better. So I'm going to yell at you and push you and try to make you better. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was something that was the obvious with arch. I think like when he, when he kind of first got there, maybe he was a little, you know, like the, like I said, the first workout, he was, he was busting my ass and I was kind of unsure what, what was his motive with all of this. But, um, as you start to get, got to know him a little bit, you realize like where he was coming from and, and just how genuinely good of a dude he was. And he, he cares about people. And, uh, again, like the, the thing that jumps out to me is I, I mentioned it when, when I was talking earlier and I, I guess I just now realized how big of a deal it was is I'm out visiting my buddy in Arizona. This was after I got done playing and um, Arch Arch was assistant for his brother out at Arizona. Um, I'm visiting one of my friends. I'm like, hey, we should go to the gym and see if Arch is in. I wonder if he'll remember me. And I, I just kind of wanted to pop in my head and be like, hey, coach, remember when I played for you a couple years ago or whatever? And he dropped everything he was doing and had me into his office and we talked for like an hour and he's just like, how's life? How, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know. I mean, like being in a position where I am, you kind of notice the way people like being a walk on, you notice like the way, when, the way I'm treated, I think goes a long way. Like, cause it's really easy to, to treat Greg Oden with a ton of respect and Mike Conley with a ton of respect because they're going to play in the NBA and they're the face of the franchise and all that kind of stuff. But to treat me who can do nothing for you. And, and, and I heard him say that in um, his, his introductory press conference in Indiana. And I, and I kind of selfishly thought of myself when, when Arch said that when he was being introduced as a coach, he said, 
you know, I forget what the word respect or, or whatever is, is what you do for people when they can do nothing for you. And I, I kind of thought of myself and how he treated me. Cause that's, that's just the guy he is. He's like, I, Mark, I know you can do nothing for me in my career, but I'm going to treat you with respect and, and I want to know how you're doing your life and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely something that, that was a big deal to coach Mata and, and, and it's certainly a big deal to Arch and, and that's why I'm excited to, to have him coach though. So. You mentioned earlier that Indiana hasn't really had a brand since Bob Knight. Yeah, which I agree with. What do you think the brand of IU basketball should be, and what do you think it will be under Archie Miller? Uh, I think when I think of Indiana, I mean I think of like underdogs, and it's like the weirdest thing because we're—I say we're—I say we're as again, it, it's hard to separate the school and the university and the state of Indiana. But it, to, to me, it's like the culture should be intertwined, um, and and. I think of like just a team that that basically the 2002 Indiana team that was just like I don't understand how they're doing this. It's like like the movie Hoosiers basically. Um, we we play hard. We, we embody a ton of cliches. That, that's not to say like I don't think uh, Indiana should have exciting basketball or have athletes or or be a good team. I mean, you obviously should aspire to get the best recruits and and all that kind of stuff. You should be a powerhouse. That's obviously important to, to aspire to do that. But, um, the whole idea of just like the coach speak, the, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Like that's the kind of stuff I always think of when I think of Indiana basketball, all the coaches I had growing up that just like love that kind of stuff where I'd roll my eyes. I'm like, that's so stupid coach. Why, why are we doing this? Why can't we just <laughs> like you, you throw a behind the back pass, your ass is on the bench for the next 20 minutes. Cause that's not how we play that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like defense first, that's definitely going to be a thing. I know that Arch is huge on defense. He'll he'll do defense first and and um, do the the pack line, which like make it really tough for teams to score. Uh, he's going to run transition. He he was a great transition coach uh, when when I was at Ohio State, and I think that's continued to date. And I haven't really followed his team super closely, but I assume it was because he was he was great at coaching transition offense and getting guys to, to run up and down and, and, and be confident in your shot. Um, which is, again, I think something IU fans have gotten used to with all the, all the, all the things, bad things you want to say about Tom Crean. He was great at that. Um, getting guys to, to get out in transition and, and if you're open, shoot the ball. Um, so yeah, like to, to me, that's Indiana basketball It's like, first of all, it starts on the defensive end. Secondly, it's this idea that like the sum of the parts, is I always mess up whatever that saying is the sum of the parts is greater than the individual, whatever, you yeah, know what I mean? Know. <laughs> um, that, that, yeah, I always mess that up. Uh, but, but, but that is, that is to me what Indiana basketball should be. And that's what I'm hoping they get back to. And then basically if you, if you can get to that and then you plug in great talent and you start landing these top recruits at Indiana from Indiana and all that kind of stuff, then, then you're cooking with something. So, um, establish the culture, get the talent, and, and they'll be fine. Do you think that's reasonable to expect? I mean, to that Indiana, because obviously Indiana fans, given the resources and the tradition and you know the local recruiting base, Indiana fans expect to be able to compete on the highest levels. You know, playing, oh, yeah. playing, playing a smart strategy, getting top-level recruits. Do you think in time that's something Archie Miller can do in Bloomington? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's what – when pe- I, I get in a ton of arguments about this because obviously a lot of people around the country think Indiana's a dinosaur and the best days are behind it and it'll never return to being a great program again and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then they'll cite other programs that are, are in a similar boat, like a UCLA kind of always gets brought up, how their heyday is come and gone and, and that kind of stuff. And the big difference is Indiana, one – 
the fans still care more than anywhere else in the country. Like it is absolutely insane. And the, the, the most obvious point to that is the 2008 season when IU won six games and assembly hall is still selling 13, 14,000 tickets a night. I mean, that is just like, like what else needs to be said about Indiana fans? Like as long as the fans care, which IU fans will always care. Um, 2009 season. I'm sorry. I just, I just got back on, I was wrong. Tom Crean's first year, yeah. but as long as the fans care, um, there's always going to be a chance. You're always going to have like money pumped into the program. You're always going to have like the chance to land the recruits, the, um, that kind of stuff. And then the other part of it is, yeah, we got the best recruiting base in the, in the little hotbed in the country. So, um, I don't think it's unreasonable. I think that's what, you know, I, I mean, it, it seems ridiculous to outsiders cause they don't know all the resources have never gone away at IU and they never will go away. Probably um, Indiana's basketball in Indiana is so ingrained into the culture that it's, there's always going to be top talent there. The, the fans are always going to care deeply. And if you can just find the right guy to push the buttons and, and make it work um, there, it'll, it'll happen. So uh, hopefully Arch is the guy. I mean, it's not as, as dire, like Indiana basketball to me it, it's been 30 years since the last national title. I know, but like the, the program is not as dire as what I think a lot of people pretend like it is. I mean, they're we're still winning big 10 titles. Um, you're still getting guys drafted. They're still, you know, making ways recruiting, uh, really only missed that. Like Mike Davis probably was a little, probably wasn't the right hire, but whoever, whoever gets hired, um, after a legend and is the right guy, like that never happens anyway. So whatever. Kelvin Sampson probably could have been the right hire. I mean, like what, you know, like if he does it, obviously he cheated and all that kind of stuff, but like maybe the program, you know, like maybe he, he, he's the right guy for the job. And Kareen was, Kareen was a decent thing. I I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm spinning my wheels here, but um, yeah, I think like Indiana's fine and always be fine. Always have the resources and, and you just got to plug in the right coach and and everything will take care of itself. And hopefully that's going to get done. So you know, and, and part of that is recruiting in-state, taking advantage of that fertile resource. Mm-hmm. And Archie has made it a priority with his inside-out recruiting strategy. How important do you think it is that Indiana University be able to keep the best players in-state regularly at home? Oh, that's yeah, that's vital. I mean, that's that's what the fans want, right? Like, that's what that's certainly what I want as a fan. Um, yeah. Because again, like, there's there's it, it's hard to uh, uh, teach outsiders what basketball means in Indiana. So why not just get the kids from Indiana that understand what it means? And that's honestly, that's what the the whole thing to me has been. It's just like a culture war of trying, trying to fight the, the, trying to establish the culture at IU and, and trying to get back to to Indiana basketball. And I think if you get kids from Indiana that are growing up on this, that are drinking the Kool-Aid, like this is whether again, whether it's real or not, you know, maybe maybe basketball in Indiana really isn't that much different than basketball in California, and we just pretend like it is. It doesn't matter. Like if we think it is, then it is. And that's perception is reality, and you need people that can tap into that. And um, yeah, I think I think getting Indian recruits is a huge deal. It obviously matters a lot to the fans, but uh, I, I think it matters in establishing what it means to to be an Indiana Hoosier and and to to play for the name on the front of the jersey. I mean, all that kind of stuff that's corny. Like IU doesn't have names on the backs of the jerseys. That's not a. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that feeds into like the culture of Indiana basketball as well. That kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean that should be the goal. Indiana Mister Basketball. Even even if he sucks, just throw Indiana Mister Basketball uh, a scholarship every single year. And I think 
half the you, you've already won over half the fan base if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as as we move from the general and kind of get more specific, you know, and and the team that yeah. Archie has coming back right now. As you look at it, and I suppose base your answer either on you know Archie's style of play or just your experience actually you know playing and developing under Archie one on one. But what player on the current roster do you think stands to benefit the most from the switch to Archie? And obviously, we're still waiting decisions from so yeah. Bryant, James Blackman Jr. and Robert Johnson on what they're going to do um, with OG already gone. Um, but if you know, it, just assume that maybe those guys come back and include them in your answer. But which guy do you think stands to benefit the most from the switch to Archie? Oh, it's definitely. I mean, assuming yeah, all those guys come back, it's definitely Blackman. I mean, Blackman is going to be Ar- Archie is just like licking his lips. I, I guarantee he's just watching film on Blackman and just filming at the mouth. He, he actually to, said to today uh, he met with the media today and said Blackman's the best shooter he's ever had a chance to work with. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be kind he, of a shot Blackman's at you. Be kind of a shot at you. By yeah, the way. It, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, no kidding. So I need to remind him of that. Um, yeah, it's going to be Blackman because I mean, like the, the the big criticism of Blackman obviously is his defense uh, that he doesn't. He, he he just wants to score. He wants to get out and run and and not committed to the defensive end. And that is going to change. I I guarantee that's going to change. I I don't necessarily think he's going to be a lockdown defender. Um, he's not going to be a guy that they're going to put on the best offensive player on the other team or anything like that, but he is going to play defense. He's going to get after it. Uh, Cause Arch is not going to tolerate that. I mean, he, he's a defensive coach first and foremost. And then, like I said earlier, like the, the his offense is, is predicated on transition, which is where Blackman thrives and, and Robert Johnson, like both those guys are going to be just absolutely awesome to watch. Um, just getting up and down, shooting threes, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, but, but yeah, Blackman to me, cause all, all the weaknesses that Blackman has in his game are things that Archie takes very seriously and will just work out of him and, and figure, figure it out. So, um, yeah, if, I mean, I'm assuming Blackman comes back. Cause first of all, I'm, I, I, I'm not really sure what his draft stock is, but secondly, it'd be smart for him to come back anyway, cause he'll iron out all the kinks in his game and, and give himself a shot. So, um, that's pretty clearly the answer to me. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The wind seems to be blowing a little bit more in that direction recently. Um, but, you know, I'm curious because that, that's an interesting answer, and I think I agree with you. Why? What would be different under Archie Miller? Like, why would he be able to do that? Is it because, is it because he would sit Blackman on the bench if he's not playing defense? Is it because he could reach um, him in a different way? Yeah. Like, wh- why would that change? I I think well I I would just say like the defense is the emphasis. I mean Tom Crean's the offensive coach. Uh, that that he's great at offense. That's undeniable. Like Indiana's offense for as bad as bad as some of the teams would look sometimes, and uh, wins and losses would come and go, and all that kind of stuff. Like I use offense was awesome to watch. Guys played with confidence, uh, which is really hard to to get college players to do. And if you don't believe me, just turn on any college game really throughout the season. That's not IU and, and watch these guys get open shots and kind of look confused and unsure of what they're supposed to do. So um, I, th- I think Crean was big on that. It was just big on like reps, uh, getting shots up, running, all that kind of stuff in practice. And Archie's going to emphasize defense more. I mean, that, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to like bench his best player. I mean, I think we all would love for that to happen. Cause again, I, I think that would feed into like the Indiana vibe of like, you know, we're going to throw our best player back on the bench if he's not playing hard enough kind of stuff. I don't know if he, he'll take it that far, but um, defense is definitely a priority. And, and I think he's going to stress the Blackman in a way, again, in a way, not like go play defense because I'm telling, because I'm the boss and I'm telling you to do it, but more like, hey, James, listen, there's two ends of the floor here and 
the reason NBA scouts don't love you is because you don't play defense that great. So let's figure this out. I'm going to help you figure out how to play defense and have an impact on that end and that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think that's more what, what's going to be going on there. Are there any players on the current roster that you think might struggle more than others with the switch, either because of style or because of maybe the demands that Archie will put on them? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I'm curious to see how, how Bryant plays because Bryant, you know, like I, I don't necessarily think he's going to get worse, but um, I'm just, I've, I've always been intrigued by him. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know how, I, I think a lot of Indiana fans would agree with me on that, that um, I, I, it was kind of frustrating to watch Caleb Swanigan be as good as he was this year. Cause you're thinking like, that should be what Brian is. And it's so unfair to like expect things from guys to like, it's so unfair to be like Thomas Bryan. Why aren't you one of the top three players in the country? Like Caleb Swanigan, like that's not fair to expect out of anybody, but at the same time, you're, he, he has the tools. He had his so moments. Kind of hoping I mean, he you can saw it. it. Yeah. 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 yeah so I'm it. intrigued to see how he fits into this. Um, you know, I could see him actually being better, but uh, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I, I don't really. That's not to say that I don't think it's going to happen, but it's hard for me to like pinpoint what player. I guess Priller maybe. Priller might be worse off. <laughs> of uh, of the young guys, you know, guys like Deron Davis, Devonte Green, Jawan Morgan, who have obviously shown flashes, you know, and now kind of take that next step up in terms of their role. Which of those guys are you intrigued by the most uh, as they continue to develop? Uh, Jawan Morgan for me, I, I, well, he, he seems to be the, there, there seems to be like a passing to the baton of like the, the guy off the bench, like the hustle guy, um, that has so much potential for ever since like all the depot. And then really, I guess like, what would be the lineage? There's like all the depot and then like Troy Williams and then yeah. OG and now Morgan, I, I guess that would be the lineage. I don't know. Like just guys that are just like, they come in, they make an impact there. You, you see the potential, um, and, and I don't know if they're going to tap into that potential and reach their full potential or whatever, but, uh, yeah, Morgan, Morgan's definitely the answer for me. I, I love what he can do. Um, I, I think he could be what Ananobi, what we wanted Ananobi to be. Um, and that's not to say, I think he'll like be that good or whatever, but I think he could kind of fill that niche really well of, of being, of being able to guard a lot of different positions and being able to, uh, be a really, really, really good college player. Um, because that's, that's part of it is like some of these guys you talk about like their NBA potential and where they'll fit in and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But college is a completely different game. And if you can get a guy with, with that kind of size and athleticism, um, I mean, they can just be absolutely devastating in college. And, and I, I think Morgan, Morgan could be that guy. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And the key for him is just health. You know, he's had so many nagging injuries yeah. over the years. It's just, it's right. Really right. So you mentioned OG. I'm curious just to get, you know, he had such an interesting yeah. college career because he didn't play much as a yeah, freshman early and then is just like this, you know, shooting star that comes along and then he's hurt last year. How will you, how will you remember him as a college player and what do you think he'll ultimately become in the NBA? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's unfair to him, but I guess like I'll remember him as like un unsatisfied I'll be unsatisfied I guess with his college career which is totally unfair like he was very very good but I think you're expecting it the wor- the worst thing that happened to him was Victor Oladipo I mean like that was yeah. if Victor Oladipo never played at IU everyone would think OG was fine and, and whatever it's just that like you saw what Oladipo did the the jump that he made 
um, figuratively and sometimes literally the jumps that he would make were just insane. But uh, you saw how, what Oladipo was capable of and you're like, okay, Ananobi is going to be that. And he wasn't quite that. He was obviously super raw and figuring it out as he goes. Um, and you see the flashes and sometimes like the flashes would almost make you more upset that like he doesn't do that all the time. Uh, instead of just like enjoying what he did bring to the table, you're like, well, why don't you do that more? Uh, but yeah, he was, um, I mean, you could obviously tell why people are so high on him, why people, why scouts love him, um, his, his athleticism, his, his rebounding instincts, all that kind of stuff, his defensive prowess. Uh, I'm not really into, I mean, obviously I like college a lot, but I, I, I can't really figure out NBA draft potential. Um, and I'm not into projecting guys cause I, I just kind of, I'm not good at it, but I mean, you, you see what like Kawhi Leonard's capable of. Kawhi Leonard wasn't that great in college either. Um, so, I mean, he was pretty good. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard gave up 41 points to Jimmer Fredette in a game. So, <laughs> if that needs to, that gives you any idea what, like how he blossomed into what he is. Uh, I, I don't know if OG can be Kawhi Leonard, but I mean, like that's certainly capable. You you can't teach the physical tools. So, like once you have the size and the athleticism and the the length that he has, I mean the sky's the limit, but, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you think about his career, probably be a little unsatisfying, but I don't think that's his fault. I think that's more our fault for expecting so much of a guy just because I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like it was pretty much just because of Oladipo. I mean, like all that has a lot to do with what the hype around OG was for me, at least. Oh, sure. I mean, Troy was measured up against, you know, everybody kind of looked at Oladipo's, you know, freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, you know, and especially with OG, because he was kind of off the radar, like Victor, you know, the, the comparisons were inevitable, even though the games that right. they played were so different. Um, so right. I think, I think it's a good comparison. You know, speaking of Victor, I'm curious, who is, you know, as we reflect a little bit, you know, on the Korean era, who was your favorite player from the Korean era? Was it Victor or somebody hmm. else? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm trying to think who, I mean, uh, maybe Sheehy. I really like Sheehy. I really, I, I like Sheehy just like I thought that's who you causing were trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like he's, he's always mixing it up, always being an antagonist. Uh, I love those guys, guys like that. I think Holes has to, I mean, I, I guess like Yogi is probably like the, I think Yogi's going to, when we look back on it, Yogi's going to be the face of the Korean era. That would that would be my guess, um, yeah. and and he, he's probably got to be the answer. Uh, she he's probably like my knee jerk answer, but if I really thought about it, I'd probably say Yogi, uh, just because of of what he represented for so long and how how solid he was and and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, y- Yogi was was perfect for Indiana. It came at the right time, like an Indiana kid, like that. Like if if Archie Miller gets just lands. Yogi Ferrell, one Yogi Ferrell after another, Indiana basketball is going to be fine. It's going to be in great shape. Um, that That is, to me, the quintessential Indiana basketball recruit is a Yogi Ferrell, a four-year guy um, who, who gets the culture, who is team first, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so he's, he's probably my answer. But, like, man, there's so many great ones. That's the thing. Is like I spent so much time ripping on Crean, but, like, man, he, he did bring some great talent to Bloomington, that's for sure. How will you remember the so, Tom Crean era? Um, so I, I've kind of like backed off on my Crean criticism because uh, I, I obviously like I was very vocal um, for anybody who like follows me on Twitter or, like or knows my history with Tom Crean. Like I was very vocal about 2013, 2014 or so. I think that was when I reached my peak. Um, I guess hatred would probably be the word for for his coaching ability at least. 
I, ne- I never really I'm thinking back to like how I treat him. Like, I don't think I ever took it like too far. I don't think I was ever really like personal with, with my insults of him and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. As time, as time wore on, I think I learned to appreciate him a little bit. Like, like the role that he played in Indiana. I still, I still don't think he was the right man for the job. I think like Indiana should always aspire to, to being one of the best programs in the country. And I don't think it was ever going to happen with him. Um, but you know, I think, I think he played a very important role in building Indiana. And I, and I think it's pretty cool to see that he, still has no bad blood towards Indiana and towards the people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of, and this is a, a super niche reference that no one listening to this is going to understand, but whatever. Uh, it, it, it's been brought up to me living in Ohio. Uh, John Cooper at Ohio state, who was the coach of Ohio state football forever and would like win, he'd win nine games every year, 10 games, then lose to Michigan and then like losing the bowl game. And I was, and, and they would finish the year like, 10 and three or something. And then he ended up getting fired and, and Ohio state hired Jim Trestle and brought the program back and all that kind of stuff. But John Cooper still like lives around Columbus and he's still involved with Ohio state football and people at the time wanted him fired so badly, but now like, you know, he's kind of like a lovable little, you know, like, yeah, the Cooper years, like they, they weren't the best, but you know, they got us to that next step that we, that we wanted. Um, so I guess that's the comparison I think of with Kareen. I, I, I wouldn't say that like, he was a, a great, he's obviously not a great coach, but he's a very good coach. Um, and, and I, I wrote a piece about Archie Miller and I, I talked about the kind of the Crean era a little bit. And I would say that like Crean probably deserved better than what Indiana fans ultimately gave him. But at the same time, I think Indiana deserves better than what Crean gave him. And it just wasn't a good match. And, um, you know, now that, now that it's done and now that Archie's in play, I can step back and say like, uh, you know, he, he wasn't as bad as what I probably made him out to be, but at the same time, I think this is the best decision that, that Archie's taken over. So, yeah, you know, the interesting thing about the Cooper comparison is if Crane had had the commensurate like consistency that Cooper had, he probably would still be the coach. You know, it was mm-hmm. just those two huge dips in 2014 and then, you know, and obviously last year that really, you know, that, that kind of inconsistency that did him in. Um, but yeah, as you said, probably the, for yeah. the better in the long term. Yeah, it's just a little too volatile. I mean, like Indiana is – got to ask yourself, like, what do you want to be as a program? And, like, yeah, what what Crean did was totally – like, if he did that at Ohio State, I would be totally fine with it. And and, and I, that's a whole other conversation. Like, people are kind of getting on that motto for, for losing too much recently and all that kind of stuff. And what's the difference uh, between Crean and Mata and all that kind of stuff? And I said, well, the difference is Indiana and Ohio State. I mean, like – Indiana, it, 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 what, what do you want your program to be? And if you want it to be one of the elites, one of the blue bloods, one of the on down the line of Duke at Kentucky and like compete with those every single year. Um, I don't, you, you can't accept missing the tournament a couple times every, you know, like every other year, whatever. Um, that's just, you, you can't do that. I mean, like if he was coaching at, if, if Tom Cream was coaching at Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans should be ecstatic that they had that kind of success where they won a couple conference titles and made a few sweet 16s and all that kind of stuff. That's totally acceptable at other schools. But as soon as Indiana says, yes, this is good enough for us, then that's what you're going to get. And that's, that's what you settle for. And and again, to outsiders, it's probably ridiculous, but um, I don't know. That's sometimes you have to be a little ridiculous to, to achieve what you want to achieve. So. 
a couple couple final questions yeah. for you. You know, yeah, everything about Archie so far has been positive. I mean, I you know, I think even IU fans who weren't quite sure if that was the right hire when it was made have come around and are like, yeah. this guy's saying all the right things, doing all the right things. So if we and you know, you mentioned you know John Gross at Illinois, you thought that obviously was going to be great, sure. turn out quite like you thought. If Archie Miller at Indiana doesn't work for some reason. Why do you think that would be? Do you, can hmm. can you even wager a guess on why it might not work out? Because I mean, right now, yeah, I mean, I, great. I guess we don't have a ton of data to go off of with Archie as a head coach. Um, he is really young. Uh, he he had the you know the lead eight appearance in 2014. He, I guess that would be the the concern is, um, you know, like obviously all signs point to him being a great coach and and he knows what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. But he hasn't really sustained this for a long time. Uh, I guess that could maybe be something to, to, to worry about that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the Dayton thing was like, a he, he got the right recruiting class at the right time and then just rode them out and won a lot of games with them. And that's all that really was. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else maybe I, I, I will say that like, obviously coaching at IU is completely different than coaching at, at Dayton. Uh, and, and, so many people and, and ultimately what doom gross is uh, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. I know, but, but what doom gross to me was that John gross was a great assistant coach. He's he, if I could tell him if, if all the money was equal and I could control his career, I would tell him just be Thad Mata's assistant for the rest of your life. And we'll figure out a way to pay you what you would make if you're a head coach, because you're an absolutely perfect assistant coach and being a head coach has so many different responsibilities that I think a lot of people know of, but they don't really give thought to like what an everyday life of a head coach is Um, just, you know, dealing with donors and recruiting and all that kind of stuff and being a pot, you're basically a politician more than anything else. Uh, And that's true going from assistant to head coach, just as much as it's true going from head coach of Dayton to head coach of Indiana. So um, I guess maybe like that becomes overwhelming for him being the, the face of, you know, the, the, the flagship school of the most basketball crazy state in the country. Uh, maybe that could, I, I don't think it will. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here that maybe that could happen, but um, I don't know. I guess like if you're worried about something, you worry about him being a little young and, and not necessarily having a track record of, of success. Like, you know, the pipe dream guys, like the, the Brad Stevens and the Billy Donovan's that everybody, everybody wanted to come to Bloomington. Um, they might be a little disappointed because, Archie's been to one elite eight in 2014 and that's pretty much the, the sum of his success. But, um, I don't know. I, I believe in the guy and I'm going to give him a, you know, as long, as long as he needs to, it's going to take me a while to stop believing him basically. Well, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> How, uh, <laughs> my, my last question for him, this is kind of a general sure. question. So miles bridges decided to come back to Michigan state. Uh, yeah, I looked at that and I was actually excited, uh, even though he's going to be terrorizing, obviously, Indiana and the rest right. of the Big Ten teams. I still like seeing guys stay in college and for the Big Ten to be as good as possible. And I, I took some heat for that because, you know, obviously that's going to make Michigan State a much tougher out. How do you view something like that? Like from like, say, from an Ohio State fan perspective, are you excited to see a guy yeah. like Miles Bridges back? Oh, definitely. I'm definitely excited. Like I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like it's good for just college basketball in general. And I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not fun for our teams to have to play him, but um, I don't know that you, you want to play good teams when you're playing college basketball. It's what you want. You want the, I mean, I guess some fans would, would rather, you know, play 
garbage teams and you win the title, you still win the title. And who cares who you play, how you played to get there. But I don't know, as a player, like you, you want to play, like I think back on some of the teams we played against when I was at Ohio state. And um, I don't think it would have meant as much to like, like my, my freshman year in 2007, we went to the final four. We only lost one game in the big 10 and Wisconsin was really good that year. And some other teams are pretty decent. And I don't think it would mean as much if all the teams were terrible. Um, so I want teams to be good. I, I, I want the product of college basketball. I want the Big Ten to be good. I mean, I, I'm i not really big on conference pride stuff uh, when it comes to the tournament time and people start cheering for – like, I, it is absolutely insane to me, the idea of that IU fans should cheer for Purdue in the NCAA tournament because it looks good for the Big Ten. Like, that's a totally stupid line of thought to me. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think this idea that, that convincing – college basketball players that coming back is not the worst idea in the world is, is going to be good for everybody moving forward. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, it's going to be awesome. And, and it's going to make IU beating Michigan state next year that much sweeter. I mean, right. isn't that ultimately what it comes down to? We want assembly hall to be rocking as often as possible. And you're telling me that a top five Michigan state team coming into assembly hall versus like the 17th rake Michigan state team without miles bridges coming into assembly hall. Like which one's more exciting, obviously the, the top five team, you know? So yeah, let's cheer for that. that that's really what we want. If you think spin it that way, like we're trying to put forth this, this idea that assembly hall is the best atmosphere in college basketball. The only way you can do that is to have great teams keep coming in there and get the place rowdy. And yeah, so th- th- that helps with that. So this is a good thing. That's right. And let's be confident. Bring yeah. on your best and we'll do our best and let's see. Right, yeah, wins. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is I mean, Michigan State had obviously a ton of problems this year and they were really young and and we we see it we saw it with Duke this year as well. Like just because the team coming into the year bringing stuff back and and all that kind of stuff means that they're going to be good. That's not how it works. You know, they might be good. They might be the best team in the country next year, but they might also might not be, so um, yeah, I'll save the, I'll save the freaking out for when uh, IU goes to to Breslin Center and loses by thirty or something. Then maybe we'll freak out and yeah. be like, I regret saying I regret saying I was glad Miles Bridges yeah. came back. But well, well, until like that happens, I'm idea, fine man. with it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, so, you can read Mark's work at theringer.com and Ringer University. The podcast is that still going to be focused on college basketball during the off season? Yeah, we're going to bring it back, uh, talking about NBA draft stuff. Um, yeah, off-season stories. Patrick Ewing being hired at Georgetown. Just all the all the all the college basketball never really stops. So we'll talk about all the fun stuff. Um, recruiting, hopefully, maybe I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to get into recruiting a little bit. Which, by the way, speaking of we're talking IU and recruiting. Uh, the fact that Archie's like getting these guys to stay committed to IU, like that's that's a big deal, right? It's that's a huge. A, it's a huge deal. I I guess that's a good question for you. How important do you think it is that? you know, no one's left. I mean, outside of the guys who may go to the NBA, you know, these aren't guys he recruited. They all decide to stick with him. That's pretty rare, isn't it? When a new coach. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, that speaks volumes of, of him. I mean, like, it's easy for me to say, I love the guy because I played for him and I'm obviously biased to take what I'm saying with the grain of salt, but like these guys don't know who he is. They, you know, and, and for him to win them over that quickly is like insane to me. So, um, Yeah. I don't know. That, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. So hopefully, who's who's the who's the white whale now for IU? Is it Langford? He's the guy. We're, oh okay. yeah, yeah. Romeo Langford yeah, and the then guy. Keon Brooks is I in the 2018 class. 
So yeah. a couple of five I don't stars. follow I don't follow recruiting. I don't follow recruiting as much as I should, but I, I know of Langford. I watched him on TV last year, so I yeah. We gotta make that happen. So I hope I hope so. Just hope uh so. sweet but don't don't be afraid to swing and miss on a few Indiana guys and have them trickle over to Columbus. I wouldn't I wouldn't be that upset if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, I wouldn't we'll be upset if the just we start getting like Ohio State, like we got the Greg Odens and the Mike Conleys and the Sean Thomas and and that pipeline is starting to get squeezed off and, and we need to get that Indiana pipeline back. So <laughs> we're trying to do just it. Just let I us can. have the first pick and then you can have <laughs> you can have the rest. Right, it'll be like a draft. Yeah, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome if, if they did a draft with all the, the top ten prospects from Indiana every year? Yeah, you get a draft and that'd be great. Oh, uh, that'd be funny. Huh? That would be great. All, all right. right, thank you so cool. much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. Yep, for sure. Follow him at Club Trillion right. on Twitter, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on the show again soon. Sounds good. Right. See ya. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to support the show, please share the assembly call with a friend or family member who loves IU basketball like you do. You can also visit assemblycall.com support to learn a few ways you can help, from donating to grabbing official assembly call gear to buying IU merchandise that you'd buy anyway but using our special affiliate links, which get us a commission. We rely on the support of audience members like you to keep the assembly call alive and growing. Once again, the URL is assemblycall.com slash support. Thank you, and as always, go Hoosiers. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. From the company that brought you Rocket Mortgage comes Rocket Pro Insight, the innovative product designed to give real estate agents control like never before. Rocket Pro Insight allows agents to send files on their clients' behalf and get to closing faster. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate and get the freedom to check a client's progress from anywhere at any time. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. MLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030.